Two days ago, I raised a question talking about is this a bigger test for Simona Halep or is this a bigger test for Paula Bedoso? The general consensus was is that this was going to be a big test for Simona Halep. Can she hang with the world number two? Now look, I'm really not one for I told you so, I told you so, I told you so. I'm I'm really not like that at all. Okay, and I, honestly, uh, I don't like doing that. Because there's no need to, 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 to rub it in. Uh... You know, uh, like to rub it in on someone, or 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 to swing my dick or anything like that. Cause if I'm right, then you know I'm right. You'll know. I w I won't have to say anything. And if I'm right, then I'll I'll definitely know I'm right. So like I'm good. I'm not really worried. You know. Simona help now. Here's the thing, Paula Bedosa, like. I've said this before, honestly, if I'm this, if, I'm not usually wrong when it comes to assessing players. Uh, do they have it? Do they not? Um, I just feel like I have good instincts, and it's not instant, but, um, like when I get exposed to a player and watch them and watch them and watch them, over time I can come to a conclusion and say, like, yeah, this... This chick sucks, this chick's uh, legit. Bedosa today looked like an uh, amateur player on court. It, it, she looked like... Um, like this was like some charity event, and she was uh, either a ball girl or like a lucky fan. You know, like a Make-A-Wish Foundation type thing. You know, that's uh, sort of what it looked like. Um, in all honesty, Halep was exceptional today, so it's uh, it's sort of hard to assess just how bad Paula Bedosa was. So I can't entirely shit on her. I have to give some cr uh, credit to Simona Halep. Simona Halep was amazing today. Uh, from start to finish, all aspects of her game, just really impressive. A smart, experienced player. She's sort of... Um, What's the word? Immune to the obnoxious things that Bedosa does. And, uh, honestly, she didn't even uh, give Bedosa much of a chance after the first couple games for any sort of excessive celebration or obnoxious or unnecessary fist pumps or anything like that. Even though Bedosa did sneak some in early on in the match when she thought that this was going to be a contest. Um, and like I said, Simona Halep, uh, she's immune to that. She's seen worse. A loud, uh, loud crowd, uh, loud home crowd in favor of the of the home player. Uh, Simona Halep, she's used to that. I mean, th this is just this was practice. Paula Bedosa fans will talk to you, telling you, "Oh no, 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 no! Don't worry. Uh, our girl Paula was a little injured today." Um, it's a first time playing Halep, so like you know, and 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 Hal and uh, Paula was kind of injured, so next time you know if she faces Halep again, she'll be fine. Hopefully, she'll be healthy, uh, back in in in, in top shape, and uh, she would have already played Halep once, so she knows what's up. Cool, cool, cool. I'm kind of making this up, but I have heard and read something like this on Twitter, and it's only been like a few hours. I really hope any um, Bedosa fans, stands, 
uh, believers uh, watched the match today, knowing the type of people that they are, considering they're Paula Medosa fans, they probably turned it off after the first set. Paula Bedosa, by the way, it's not talked about how much of a limited player she is. There's not much she can do. She's not fast. She's not extremely powerful. I mean, she can hit with speed. Pretty good topspin. Um, but she doesn't have variety. Slice and dice and, and drop shots and, and playing inside the court. She's not really like that. Bedosa's strength, other than her, her uh, very strong fist pump, um, probably from the baseline and probably her backhand. Just sitting back on the baseline, uh, counter-punching, and um, her backhand is pretty good. But her serving, let me tell you this, Paula Bedosa has been broken at a higher percentage than anyone in the WTA this year. She's been broken 90 times this year, most on tour. And she also has the highest percentage of service games lost. And she somehow achieved world number two. I mean, that tells you everything you need to know about the state of the WTA tour. Iga won 15 titles in a row, hasn't lost a match since she was born. And Paula Bedosa is... um. World number two, or achieved world number two, won all these tournaments, made all these runs, somehow, has been broken 90 times this year, more than anyone, and she also has the highest percentage of service games lost. She's really not that good of a player. I've said she, nobody in the history of this sport has overachieved more than Paula Bedosa. Overachieved, overperformed, extremely fortunate as far as draws. Uh, she's also extremely obnoxious. I really think that's how she gets her wins. She just get get not even gets in her opponent's head, just gets under their skin, pisses them off. I really think so. Against Halep, you can't do that. You won't be allowed to do it. You can fist pump all you like against I don't know who in, in the in the first round of, of I don't know what tournament. But here, no. Not like this. Not like this. Simona Halep was just too good. And I really don't know. And, and that's the thing. I, I can't f truly assess how bad Paula was. And look, I'm fair. I'm being fair. Because maybe Halep was just exceptional. Okay, and it's really hard to tell. Because I know Bedosa sucks. But by this much, I, I, I'm not entirely sure. Maybe Halep was just really, really on one today. And I, so because, because of that, because of the uncertainty there, I can't make a full assessment and say uh, Bedosa was really, really bad today. Uh, hard to tell. I have to give credit to Simona Halep. Uh, she was exceptional, uh, truly. And in and, and, and all aspects of her game. And she looks scary. Her timing looks good. Her serve is amazing. She's so smart. She didn't serve once. Down the tee. Or up the tee. Whatever you call it. All her serves out wide. She identified a weakness of Bedosa. She has a good coach uh, with experience. Uh, I don't even know how to say his name. Patrick Mortogorgolu. Um, 
I'm sure they identified that uh, Bedosa. It's better to serve uh, out wide than to serve up the tee. And Halep service games, oof. Look, Halep is a player that doesn't have a lot of power at all. It's just for her, it's all about timing and counterpunching. What counterpunching is, it's almost like turning defense into offense. Her movement is excellent. And, 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 and what, like, good court coverage and good movement or mobility on court, um, it's two things. It, it's physically being able to do it. And also, uh, like mentally in your head, you're smart enough to, to know where to position yourself to anticipate things like that. That obviously helps you to to get to balls. And obviously, if you're if you're fist, uh, if you're sorry, if you're fit, fast, flexible, um, that all helps you a lot. And and her her on the run shots are amazing. Of uh, so much controls, like power, accuracy, uh, spin. It's just. It's breathtaking, and honestly, it was it was amazing, and she beat Bedosa at Bedosa's game, counterpunching, being aggressive from the baseline, setting up points, and then finishing. It's remarkable. In Madrid, if you look at the previous winners, uh, most of the previous winners, uh, in in the women's side, um, the conditions there, uh, it's kind of tough. So players with a lot of power excel. Kvitova. Uh, is the Kvitova actually is the winningest player in the history of uh, the WTA Madrid tournament? Uh, Sabalenka, last year's uh, winner, uh, Serena Williams, Martina Hingis, um, players with bags and bags of power. The exception, two-time winner Simona Halep, doesn't have a lot of power, um, but she enjoys playing here. She excels in these conditions, um, which kind of which. Bleh, which can be kind of fast at times uh, and we'll talk about that later the roof the sun uh closing the roof keeping the roof open uh we'll talk about that later um but halp seems to thrive here and i, I and moving forward i really think she's uh, one to worry about um paula bedosa mm -mm -mm. i'm not often wrong when i when i make an assessment on a player Especially if I if I talk it up a lot and I'm and I'm really confident and sort of passionate uh, about a certain player one way or another wh whether it's positive or negative whether I think someone's really really good and for real or if I think someone's a piece of shit player and they're really bad and they're a fraud I'm not often wrong and and one of my major takes of late has been Paula Bedosa and trust me when I tell you this uh, nobody has overachieved or and overperformed more than her. Uh, what we're seeing from Paula Bedosa or lately, so like her loss today and her loss against Sabalenka in Stuttgart, that those, I don't want, I mean, this is what Bedosa fans will say, okay? People who like Bedosa, this is what we're going to say, oh, those, those are just one-off uh, matches. I mean, she'll be back to top form soon. I mean, th th this is the exception. You know, you're just looking at one or two bad. But here's the thing, though. I mean, this is actually who she is. You know what I mean? Like, this isn't the, the, this is who she is. Like who she play, like how she played today, how how she looked against Sabalenka. That is truly who she is. Everything else we saw from her in her wins or her quote unquote good matches, that is not her. That is the overperforming, overachieving Bedosa. This one right here, that is truly 
who she is. Th this is Paula Bedosa today. We all saw her. And if you didn't see her, it's okay, because I saw her, and, and, and I can tell you about it. <clears throat> this is the safe space, by the way. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for listening to me. All the pre all uh, feedback and, and all your kind words are appreciated. Um, criticism as well. Uh, thank you very much. Today was a much better day. Today was a much better day. I'm happy. Uh, I'm feeling good. The tennis was good. There were a lot of good matches. Uh, by the way, all the matches went over today. Uh, over... Uh, the total today, except for who? Paula Bedosa, that's right. She got shat on. Uh, but anyway, no, l let's be serious. Um, today was a good day, betting-wise, it was great. Um, and also, uh, generally speaking, as uh, as a tennis fan, uh, you would have tuned in today and you would have uh, gotten a lot of good matches. Some good tennis today, for sure. Um, so yeah, let's, let's talk about the rest of the matches. So Vika Azarenka, someone I really like and respect and admire, uh, is very quietly through to the third round. Uh, I talk about how somehow all the good players or all the players that I like or all the players that I'm a fan of or the ones that I like to follow, they always get tough draws. Vika, no. And um, I have to be fair and admit these things, uh, you know, if... if because I definitely make it known when it's when it's the other way around. So when a player I like gets an easy draw, I'll be the first to admit it. Happily. Because it doesn't happen often. But anyway, Vika, first round, straight sets win over Vicky Gulovic. Um Today, this morning, uh, from a set down, she came back to beat uh, Tamara Zidancic. Who, um, in, in last year's clay events, was, was pretty good. 3-6-6-1-6-3, Vika. Vika is quietly, quietly through to the third round. That is the first player that won from a set down. The second player to win from a set down is Marie Bushkova versus Diana Yastremska. Diana Yastremska um, had a set point in the second set, was serving for the match. Sorry, had a match point in the second set. Also, obviously, a set point, but had a match point in the second set, up 6-3, 6-5. She failed to hold. She, she failed to convert the match point. She failed to hold, and that was it. That was a wrap. And that's Diana Yastremska for you. Uh, not much to say there. Marie Buskuva is through to the third round uh, from a set down. The third player to win from a set set down, yeah, sorry, is Anisimova. Lost the first to Petra Martic, uh, and then came back to win uh, pretty easily in the end. Anisimova, I, I I usually do talk about this. She gets up for the big players. She peaks. She brings her best for the Sabalenkas, the Osakas, the Bardis. Um. Which is not a good thing, and it, it shows uh, poor respect for yourself, the sport, the tournament, and your opponent, most importantly. Uh, if you don't respect your opponent, um, it's just not good, and y you can look silly if, if you're the, on paper, the favorite going into a match, the bigger name, the high-ranked player, whatever. Um, and Petro Martic sort of gives you the runaround, uh, 
can make you look bad. But Anisimova got it together. Petra Martic, I wasn't very hopeful that she would um, uh, win this one or, or or have a chance really in the end, um, which I guess I was kind of right about, but I knew it would be close. Uh, and, and the over there, that was good. A lot of overs today, by the way. I think every match went... Oh, I, I did say that, right? Every match, seven of the eight matches went over except... Paula Bedosa, she got shat on. And six of the eight and three sets, by the way. But anyway, NPD um, lost to Alexandrova in straight sets, but it did go over. Um, I'm, I'm pr I think my read here was spot on. I knew Alexand uh, Alexandrova would, would, would probably win this. Um, she's playing really well, but I knew that NPD would not just roll over and die or shit herself or whatever. Um, so this this was this was good stuff. Uh, NPD she'd fight she'd try Alexandrova doing just enough um, to get it done. Good stuff. Alexandrova, by the way, I mean I'm just saying. Okay, I'm just saying. Alexandrova, that's all I have to say. Mukova and Bencic, probably match of the day. Martic and Isimova was, was pretty good as well, I think. And, and and those two were on at the same time, um, which was like the middle window. Uh, both both really good. Both really good matches. Mukova looked like she might have got, gotten... Uh, ran over. At the start of the match, sort of, uh, I mean, the first set was 6-3, but it looked like really Bencic, um, if she played a couple of points better, it could have been 6-1. It could have been ugly first set. Um, but Mukova adjusted, bounced back. Um, Mukova never really gives up or rolls over and dies, uh, which is nice to see for a player, um, firstly, not playing in her home country in front of her crowd, like NPD, for example. But also someone that doesn't have uh, much confidence or rhythm or, or anything like that or or any sort of form, um, and is and it's playing to to get back or, or or to achieve the confidence, the form, the the match sharpness, the the rhythm, the whatever. So it was good to see the fight from Mukova. Um, I was confident that Bencic would drop the set, and she did. And she almost dropped this match. Uh, Mukova had her chances in the third set, did not capitalize, had a blunder of a service game, and that was Curtains. I think Mukova, um, two? Two for 12 on breakpoints, I think. Um, she missed 10. Bencic was three of seven. Which isn't very good. I mean, I'd say that's okay. Three of seven, just like just under 50%. But ben, uh, Mukova was 2 of 12. That's really bad. And both those breaks for Mukova were in the second set. I mean, this was close. This was close. Uh, this is the sort of game, if we're talking about it from, from a betting standpoint, you should feel very happy that you placed a good bet and you got a lot of value there. Because truly, this was a 50-50 game. Could have gone either way. Even if Bencic, uh, you, you, even if you felt like it could, it would most likely go to Bencic, not plus 210 or plus 215 for Mukova. Not like that. Okay. 
Now, Uns Jabur, like, Uns Jabur, like, she's actually, a, like, a clown. Like, you're actually a joke, you're pathetic, and honestly, like, you don't deserve this. Really, truly. Like, 7-6-6-1 against Paulini. 7-5, love 6-6-4 six, six, against Grosheva, Vivi Grosheva. I mean, that is really some scoreline. I mean, truly, that is, that is... By the way, Grosheva served for the first set. She was up 5-2, served uh, in the first set. Grosheva was up 5-2, uh, served for the set at 5-3, lost at 5-7. So, Grosheva from 5-2 to 5-7 in the first, uh, she choked there, Jabour uh, closed it out. And then, after choking... After going from 5-2 to 5-7, Grosheva, she bagels Jabour. Or Jabour, after going from 2-5 to 7-5, gets bageled. And then Grosheva, after bageling someone, loses 6-4. I mean... Obviously, I did not watch a single point of this match. Um... Obviously, I don't regret it, no matter what happened. I think that's a good decision. That's always a good decision. Uh, these matches, you can just tell that they're going to be disgusting, and I think this scoreline sort of proves that. Uh, Uns Jabor is um, a pathetic player. She's really bad. I don't rate her at, at all. She's um, too much of a show woman, I think, and, and, and mentally she's not that great. Um, she looks very crafty and has a lot of uh, tricks and, 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 and drop shots and slices and I don't know what, but that's um, cute. That's really cute, but no. And, and honestly, she's, she's not a fan favorite, cause, probably because she's ugly or, or a little overweight or because she's Arab. Uh, that's probably why she's not as popular as, let's say, someone as Bedosa. I'd say they're both on the same level. And that level is is um, shit, like like being shit players. Uh, I'd definitely put them in the same category. Um, I mean, they're for a while they were both like top ten players, but also both shit. But now I guess Bedosa um, took it a little further, made it to world number two, and she, by the way, is now down to uh, world number three again. Uh, Barbara Krzygova is back into uh, world number two. Paula Bedosa um, drops the points that she won last year. I think quarterfinalist in Madrid, she, she loses all those points. But yeah, anyway, the last two, um, or the last match uh, of yesterday was Goff, Putinseva. Now, this was a good one. Uh, Putinseva started off, honestly, um, playing pretty well. When I say started off, I mean like a couple of points. Or first game, even. I mean, she did get broke, but but first couple of points she was playing well. She won some good points uh, behind her drop shots. Um, and then Goff uh, caught on and and made the, the necessary adjustments instantly. And it felt like Putinseva's game plan was completely out the window. 6-1 uh, Coco Goff. Looked like it was gonna be like six one six love or or or, or double breadstick or something, um, 
But then Coco Goff, her 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 ground strokes from the baseline became less and less accurate. Uh, Putin Seva was less and less reckless and and changed it up a little bit. And it was close. This one was close. Our only three losses today, we were all money line bets. Um, two of them were on dogs. Putin Seva plus 170 and Mukova plus 215. And then Yastremska, I guess you could call her the slightest of underdogs. But, um, I mean, Yastremska was a set and a breakup and had a match point on serve. And Mukova and Putin Seva um, only lost by two games in the deciding set. Um, so it was close. Overall, I mean, really happy with my reads. Really happy with the tennis that I got to watch today on TV. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Maybe that's because I, I won and had a decent day. I'm not really sure. But honestly, Mukova and Bencic, even though Mukova didn't win, I, I, I truly thoroughly enjoyed that match from start to finish. It was really good. Such a shame that, that this was uh, a second round match and, and, and Mukova has to go home now. I guarantee you she beats literally probably like half of the people that are going to go into the third round. Like, let's say, Uns Jabur, for example, Coco Goff, Marie Buskova. I, I, I'm just saying. So the best thing I saw today, now, now I'm not going to... It's not fair if I use the best and worst thing I saw from the same match on back-to-back -back days. Even though... Um, if I could, I would probably say the best thing I saw was Simona Halep, and the worst thing that I saw was Paula Bedosa. And the most interesting thing I saw was uh, how people were still backing uh, Paula Bedosa and giving her praise, uh, despite what we saw, including commentators live in the broadcast. Live during the br the broadcast, they could they could not. I mean, Bedosa was down six three five love. And they could not s just stuffing their noses 10 inches up her ass talking about how she's not going to go down without a fight. That's all they had to say on the matter. Not how fantastic or, or not how this looked like a funeral. Not like not any not anything like that or anything about how Simona Halep was taking a big fat juicy shit on Bedosa's head top. But anyway, I'm not going to use uh, all that from the same match. So I'll say the best thing that I saw today was definitely uh, the Mukova-Bencic match, for sure. Uh, probably a match of the tournament uh, thus far. The worst thing that I saw today was Paula Bedosa. And the most interesting thing that I saw today was the Ons Jabor-Vivi Grosheva scoreline. And it's even worse knowing that Ons Jabor has a, has a baby food draw and 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 still um goes to three sets and gets bageled and i don't know what if i asked you to come up with the like craziest sounding scoreline you could not come up with that really truly you'd sit there and, and and give me like a million combinations of of three set scorelines you, you you would not be able to come up with something this crazy i mean it's actually really bad if you think about it, this is Uns Jabor, top ten player, or whatever. Is she even top ten anymore? I don't, I don't know, and 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 I don't think so, and I don't care. But not for long. She will be. She. This. This is embarrassing. This is embarrassing. This is embarrassing. 
before we get into um, the Sunday slate and talk about the rest of the uh, second round matchups that we have tomorrow, um, I want to uh, ask you or, t I'll tell you or tell you guys about an exercise um, that I find really useful um, to practice uh, finding value. Like, how do I find value? Um, there are exercises that you yourself can do to to sort of uh, find value. Okay, uh, a lot of people have like leans and thoughts, or I feel like it's gonna be like this, and a lot of people do, uh, maybe struggle with approaching um, uh, tennis betting or making their own bets confidently, or 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 or, or trying to find out where the value is or what lines uh, should look like, things like that. Uh, one of the reasons, one of the purposes or objectives for the safe space is to not just talk about this shit and rant and 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 make jokes and be funny and 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 and, and talk shit about players, but it's to also educate you guys on um, becoming tennis better tennis betters yourself to the point where maybe one day you don't need me and and even further one day you can be better than me. So there are like tools, like there's there's knowledge to be shared, um, exercises as I like to call them. Sometimes um, when we don't have big events or big slates like this, I do lessons and talk about things. If you go early on uh, to the early season or early episodes, sorry, of um, the safe space, there are a lot of lessons there that are useful um, to becoming a better tennis better and better a better better in general. A better bettor in general, um, a better sports gambler in general. Um, but anyway, uh, I'm waffling. So one of these tools is uh, these exercises is to once you've seen a match today. So for example, and and once you know um, who will f like the winner of this match will face the winner of this match, and you watch both of those matches today, and now you know uh, that they're gonna face off in the next round. Now, lines for that match will probably be out in like two, three, four hours. Um, and even afterwards, like if you do this like later, try not to look at the lines and you yourself predict the lines. Guess what the lines should be. Now, now here's a very important distinction to make. Don't guess or try and think what the lines are actually going to be when you log into your book and check the lines. Think of what the lines should be okay and people use computers for this and models and and formulas and math and i don't know what i'm asking you as a human being because me and you are smarter than a computer the i think it was rene descartes that said i think therefore i am I know for a fact that I'm smarter than a, than a computer. I mean, thank you, God, for blessing me with a with a brain and and a mind or or whatever, and I can think for myself and and I I can confirm that I do have a mind, and and a, and a well functioning brain, and I I believe that I'm smarter than a computer. A computer can't see things and 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 process things like I I can, and I believe all humans are like that. But I cannot confirm for you, but I think you can. I think you're uh, smarter than a computer. Okay, so you for yourself. And, and try to consciously eliminate bias. 
And even if you do have biases, sometimes we have good instincts, and if we're biased, maybe it's for a good reason. Like I, for example, I am, am biased against um, Badoso. But rightfully so. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I do have bias. Like, I am biased towards Alexandrova, but rightfully so. You know what I mean? Like, like you can justify some biases within yourself. Like, am I biased towards uh, Bedosa? Absolutely. There's no denying that. I'm biased as fuck. But rightfully so, for a good reason, you know? Um, so try that. Try that exercise. Think what the lines should be. Don't think of what they're actually going to be because those lines that you actually see w when you log into your book are sometimes public lines or, or they're influenced based on the thinking of, of the market. You know what I mean? They're there to, by the way, most lines that sports book give, sports books uh, give and provide to the public, like these lines that we see, they're not actual sharp lines, not all of them, not most of the time at least that represent um, actual um, who's favored or, or who's supposed to win. It's not like that. Those lines, mostly their purpose is to balance out the, the wagers. They want action to be even or sort of even on either side. They don't want either side uh, to be a liability. That's when you hear like like weird people in Vegas say, like, say things like, oh, we really need... Uh, Nebraska to cover the spread today, otherwise we're in big trouble. That is a huge liability for us. That's, you know, when when they say things like that, that means that their lines were shit, or the market really loves one side. So usually they anticipate that and make the line, um, a little worse. So maybe sharp betters can bet the opposite because there's value on the other side. Does that make sense? Um. And, you know, like Raducanu, there will never be value on Raducanu because everyone and their mom and, and their LGBT neighbor wants to bet on Emma Raducanu. So by default, there will be no value on her. Okay, so, so you know, forget about these things and your LGBT neighbor and whatever, but, but just think, uh, guess what a line should be. Like, what should this line be? Um, and, and if you watch the matches or if you watch, like, both players play this will be a lot easier try and guess the line once you do see the line compare it to your line and then you will instantly know which side there's value on based on your reasoning or thought process don't use computers if you want you can do research look at numbers like like head-to-head -head or, or or serve statistics or whatever um numbers or, or stats or statistics or records or whatever that you think are relevant and making your assessment and try and think of a line. If, for example, um, player A and player B are playing, and, and when, when you made a line, you said player A should be uh, minus 140, and player B should be plus 110. And then you look, and player A is minus 175, and player B is plus 135. There you can see that there's value on player B. You you said like somewhere like 110 and there are 135. Based on your ac exercise, there is value there. You know what I mean? Just just like that. You don't have to go bet them or nothing, but it's a good exercise. And and if you sort of make a line in your head, um, it'll be good practice to see. And it's uh, and then you can look at how the match plays out. You can follow line movement and you can sort of see where you stand. 
Um, nothing is more accurate than how the match actually plays out. Uh, and you can sort of, you know, you have to be honest in this exercise and, and, and you know, intrinsic feedback, give feedback to yourself. Like, okay, I was way off here. I, I got this right. I whiffed on this. You know what I mean? I mean, you don't, you don't even have to bet this. It's just an exercise for you. But trust me, it's really useful. And then later on, you can start doing it uh, with games as well, game spreads. Um... Player A should be minus two and a half. Uh, player B should be plus two and a half. I think that's fair. And then you see, and then the lines are like plus four and a half, minus four and a half, and you're like, wow, that's way off. And then you take obviously the plus four and a half, or or based on your lines or your assessment, plus four and a half would be a good bet. There's value there. Um, so I do that a lot. I said. Um, I think Kostyuk uh, was going to be minus 150, minus 140, something like that. Um, it's actually a pick'em versus Raducanu, which makes sense because Raducanu is a popular player and the, the books would be in trouble if they put a plus next to her name, I think. Spoiler alert. But anyway, um, let's go one by one for tomorrow's matches. So first up, uh, Bianca Andreescu versus Daniel Collins. Now let me tell you something. Daniel Collins is minus 182. Andreescu is plus 152. Now for Daniel Collins on clay at this point in the season, considering um, Collins hasn't really played, she's played one match, really hard to make an assessment of Daniel Collins and, and where she sort of stands. Because she played Mon Monica Puig, and it's hard to tell whether um, Co Collins was taking it easy, using it as practice or as a warm-up to ease herself into the clay court season. Um, since Australia, Collins hasn't played much at all. I think she played in Dubai, uh, retired to Vondrusova in the first round. Um, I think she's played since, but I don't know where. Maybe in the Sunshine Double. I, I, I think she, she must have played in the U.S., right? Charleston? No, maybe, I don't know. But anyway, she hasn't been, um, I know she lost to Jabour in one of the the Sunshine tournaments. I'm not sure which one. But anyway, uh, Collins has fallen off. And for her to, to justify this price tag, minus 182 against Andriscu, it would only be justifiable if Daniel Collins was hot, hot, hot and playing well. That is the only way to justify this. And I think it's clear that she isn't, and there is no evidence that she is hot, hot, hot. Um, Andriscu still not all the way back, but from what I've seen from her, I mean, she looks pretty good, I would say. Almost beat Sabalenka, who was playing inspired tennis at the time in Stuttgart. Um, and also in Stuttgart beat Julie Nemo, who who's a decent... A uh, young German clay court player in Germany, so that was impressive. Um, against Alison Risk, I mean, one to three sets, but I mean, good stuff. Queen BB, Danielle Collins to be priced like this—that's that's not right. I don't think. I mean, at most, at most, Andrisku should be plus one twenty, plus one twenty-five, if not like a pickup or something like that. Um. But no, this is a really bad line, and there's a lot, a lot, a lot of value on Andrisco. You're also getting plus three, three and a half games on the spread. That's uh, a bit of a gift.
to be honest. So really it's a 50-50 game that could really go either way. And you're getting three and a half games uh, as a gift. Really. For minus 110 should be Andriscu's money line. Instead, it's her three and a half game spread. So you're really you're essentially you're getting those three and a half games for free. Annalino Kalanino almost uh, choked on a fat cock against Sloane Stevens in what really was a bizarre, uh, strange day of tennis yesterday with uh, unreal sequences uh, of of scores and and score lines. Um, but yeah, she got it done. I mean, it's Sloane Stevens at the end of the day. Garbini Muguruza, um, Tomjanovic was playing good. You know, Tomjanovic was dangerous. Her, her, her weapons were good. You know, big backhand, big forehand. She was very solid. Muguruza was better. Uh, this crowd will help her and benefit her a lot. And this price for Muguruza is such a steal. Kalanina now at this point she's just being so overvalued, and uh, Muguruza is not being undervalued, but. They're showing no respect at all. Uh, they're not showing Muguruza any kind of respect or disrespect. Um, but Kalanina's being shown too much respect, in my opinion. And and this line, I think, is a bit funny as well. Uh, any bet on Muguruza is a good bet. I would not mess with a total. I think Muguruza can win over or under this number. But I think uh, 2-0 at plus money is worth a stab. Uh, Muguruza minus three, minus three and a half games, I think is worth a stab. If you can get a relatively cheap minus two and a half, I, I like that a lot. Uh, Muguruza money line to put in a parlay or two, I like that a lot. Uh, Jesse Pagula versus Kai Kanepi. Now, this is an interesting match. Not a good match to watch. I'm not saying that. I'm saying it's an interesting match. Um... Because I think the lines are spot on. These are very good lines. I'd say these... I mean, so far, from the, like from the three that we've seen or, or, or covered so far, uh, this is the sharpest one. Kanepi, uh, relatively, relatively slight or like medium-sized favorite, minus 140. Uh, Kai Kanepi is plus 120. Now this is really good. I think they're keeping Pagula money line just cheap enough for you to better. Um and I think this might be bait. Kaya Kanepi, honestly, I've said this. I mean huge respect to Kaya Kanepi being like thirty seven or a thirty nine year old ogre and to be playing on tour and just busting your ass at every event and sort of go on the radar and never play on the big courts. And crowds don't really care for you. You know what I mean? Uh, you're just sort of there. Um, uh, so honestly, huge respect to Kaya Kanepi. She doesn't excite me in any way. Um, I mean, which is... it's That's just how it is, I guess. I guess for a lot of people, that's also um, how it is. And I, I, I feel like there are no Estonian people on this planet. I've never met an Estonian person in my life. Um, so maybe they don't exist. Uh, which maybe speaks about her lack of fans, or, or fan support, at least. I think this is a good line. It's tricky. It's hard to give a pick. It's hard to gauge the total. Um, it's hard to imagine how this match is going to play like. You'd think uh, Pagula would crush, or sort of cruise. Um, but if Pagula sort of fucks around and, and, and tilts and spirals, 
and doesn't exercise amnesia like like we discussed yesterday um uh Kanepi can capitalize for sure she's a type of player that can punish you and then take advantage of your of your mishaps if you slip she'll make you pay for sure um but again thing with Kanepi is that she's not talented she's really nothing special uh skills wise like tennis wise i mean she's solid she's got some shots uh decent defense uh okay serve nothing special i mean she's not shit uh but really nothing nothing special like nothing to make you go like wow you know nothing nothing to keep you up at night for sure if you're jesse pugula um so i think you can bite I definitely think this is bait, but I might bite. Small bite, just like a nibble, you know? On Pagula, minus 140. Nothing crazy, probably one unit. Um, and, I, and honestly, it might be a good match to watch. I'm certainly interested to see how this plays out. Um, figuratively, not to literally see. Um, but yeah, no, uh, to watch, to follow. I, th I think it'll be a, an, an, an okay match, really. Next, and here's a good one. Leila Fernandez versus Jilly Teichman. Now, Jill Teichman in the first round also played a lefty. Lefty versus lefty. Jill Teichman's a lefty. Um, she played Kvitova, um, one of the most popular lefties. Uh, tomorrow, she plays another lefty, um, Leila Fernandez, um, which is good news for Jill Teichman, I think. Uh, going from lefty to lefty, um, just seeing like uh, the same thing, it's, it's pretty good. Uh, lefties usually uh, struggle playing against other lefties because most people are righties and as a lefty you have like a advantage over righties because they're not really used to like your angles and like your forehand is as the opposite of of righties for you know what i mean um so then for Layla, it's like backwards uh, and lefty lefty the angles are really interesting and it's basically watching a regular matchup of righty versus righty but it's like flipped you know what I mean? So, like, forehands are now on this side, backhands are on this side. Um, Layla loves a cross-court forehand because it takes um, takes it to her opponent's backhand if they're a righty. You know what I mean? If she hits cross-court against Teichman, um, it's actually hitting it to her forehand. And Teichman has a really, really good forehand. Um, both of these players don't have great backhands, technically speaking. Um, uh, Layla also has a good forehand. I look. I like Julie Teichman. She also trains with a lefty, by the way, Jill Teichman. Like like when she practices, uh, she practices. She hits against a lefty. Uh, even though most of her opponents are righties, um, some some players are like that. They they don't really care for trying to hit or train or or to get someone to play with based on their opponent's um style or or, or whatever um they're, they're they would rather just comfortably train with someone they like or they're familiar with a lot of players do it like they're about to play uh fucking john isner who is a seven foot tall serve bot instead they play against their their cousin who's five five four and and can't can't really serve that well you know so like yeah but anyway jill, anyway jill teichman plays with a lefty uh she played um she trains with the lefty and 
previous round she played Kvitova, which was which is one of the best lefties. Um, so she kind of has that going for her. I don't know how much that matters, uh, but she'll she has already played against a lefty here, so like she can sort of do more of the same, or she'll she'll know what it looks like, you know, in in uh, in real time. Um, this price is disrespect. Jill Teichman, good on clay, better player on clay. Uh, Leila Fernandez, not overly impressive on clay. This is what we call name tax. Uh, Leila Fernandez is being respected just because her name is Leila Fernandez. Okay, and, and I feel like Jill Teichman, um, the market caught up to her a little bit early on in the season. Uh, but since then, uh, bef before Madrid, before she beat Kvitova, she lost four out of her last five. Um, but now she's on clay. She's 1-0 on clay. Beat against... Uh, beat played against Kvitova and beat her um, and Kvitova didn't play that bad I mean obviously she didn't play great but I think Teichman looked good for the most part Leila Fernandez she uh, barely got by or escaped uh, Petkovic who qualifier Petkovic um, is definitely um, washed up at this point but she was playing some inspired tennis uh, the other day so um, I don't know though I think adva advantage Jill Teichman and, and value Jill Teichman. So I think it's necessary to make a bet on Jill Teichman here. Layla, not that good on clay. I think Jill Teichman might be too feisty for her as well. Jill Teichman's intense. Uh, and Layla, by the way, she's a rat too. She does all the obnoxious celebrations. The roars, the fist pumps, the, the excessive unnecessary celebration. That can piss you off, get under your skin. Uh, Jill Teichman, she's sort of, uh, what's the word? Thick-skinned, um, and honest. She'll fucking have it. She, uh, Jill Teichman, yeah, for sure. P minus one of five. I can't believe that line. Now here we go. Um. This match is... I, I guess Leila and Jill Teichman is a pick'em. Another one is Emma Raducanu and Kostyuk. Um, so last year was their first ever meeting on tour. Raducanu and Kostyuk. I believe it was towards the end of the season in Cluj, Napoca, in Romania. Indoor hardcourt, I think. Um, Kostyuk took a big fat shit on Emma Raducanu. And this was shortly after uh, the US Open as well. I believe it was... Raducanu's first, maybe not her first match back after winning the U.S. Open, but it, it was definitely one of her first few matches. Yesterday, or today maybe, Emma Raducanu was interviewed. We know, obviously, she gets interviewed every day because she's probably the most popular uh, tennis player on earth at the moment, not named Iga Swiatek or Serena Williams. Uh, but she was interviewed uh, talking about her matchup coming up against uh, Marta Kostyuk. Um, she didn't bring up uh, the Cluj-Napoca match uh, from last year where Raducanu actually absolutely shit on her uh, in a WTA main draw. She referred to like ITF and juniors uh, when they were girls and Emma Raducanu talked about how when we were younger she was always favored and sometimes I would win. I think she's trying to be cute here and, and, and say that people will think that Kostyuk should be favored here. 
or trying to talk up Kostyuk. I, I, I don't know. Definitely some mind games there. I mean, it, it, it definitely was wasn't a straightforward answer, and 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 it's not to be. I I think there's something deeper than the surface there for sure. I did not like that answer at all. Um, obviously, there's no telling if Martha Kostyuk. Uh, saw the interview or heard her answer or da 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 or she even cares or impacts her in any way but if it was me i would oh, i don't know that's that's a uh, martha koschik's gonna win this match by the way i mean martinsova choked on a fat cock and then immediately turned to her side like this rolled over and dropped dead okay so um this is not gonna be martinsova this is martha koschik martha koschik looked amazing against Clara Towson um, and are, has played against Raducanu a lot uh, in ITF and juniors and last year in their first WTA main draw meeting uh, she took a shit on her Raducanu on clay yet I'm not sold Marta Kostyuk looks good uh, she's fast confident really fit and she's hitting the ball really really well uh, I'm just worried Marta Kostyuk is so raw as a tennis player she has so much potential uh, physically, she's so strong, powerful, fast, fit, but her tennis, most of her skills are a little raw, uh, which is good news, I guess, because if she improves and sh if she works on them, her potential, I think, is really, really high. Um, but it's all—it's also bad news because there will be a huge disappointment if she doesn't make it, at least for me. In my opinion, if, if she doesn't make it, quote-unquote, make it... Um, It'll be a huge disappointment and ultimately a failure of a career if she doesn't, uh, you know, top 10 and, and maybe aspirations even bigger than that. Top 5, top 1, uh, Grand Slams, thing like that. I really think Marta Kostyuk, and look, she's raw and, and sort of uh, didn't make take that jump uh, as early as some other young girls. Um, but yeah, no, it's never too late, right? Uh, she blossomed later than other girls, and, and I think, I mean, she's yet to peak, obviously, so, Marta Kostyuk, I think she wins this, and this will do wonders for her confidence, I don't think she'll be rattled at all, um, I don't think the crowd's an issue, and I'm not bought into Emma on clay yet at all, um, yeah, give me Marta Kostyuk, am I biased? Maybe, but rightfully so. Now, that is all for today. You're probably wondering, well, what the fuck, Safe? There's still two more matches. What do you mean that that's all for today? That's all for today because the other two matches, we're not going to talk about them. Which means we're not going to bet them. Which 100% assuredly means that we will not be watching a single point of these next matches. But let's talk about them. Maria Sakri versus Dasha Kasatkina. How disgusting is this matchup? As always, there is good news and there is bad news. The good news is, is that 100% we can guarantee that one of these girls will be going home tomorrow. Either Kasatkina or Sakari. The bad news is, is that also it guarantees that one of these players will be making it through to the third round. And we will have to see them for at least one more match. That is devastating news, and it's a lot worse than the good news. I'm sorry if I manipulated your <laughs> feelings and emotions. I mean, this is terrible. I mean, honestly, this is terrible. 
I wish this makes Anabondar's loss so much worse, by the way, from a setup and then a break up in the decider. Anabondar lost to Dasha Kazutkino. I really would have loved to bet Anabondar here today. R truly. Instead, this is a no bet match, but at least uh, this and the following match are in the night session. Uh, so this clears up our day and we can enjoy our evenings or afternoons, wherever you are in the world, uh, doing other things. And and it's 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 nice that uh, I know that this is on the schedule. So, um, my my tennis day uh, ends uh, two matches early, and I can uh, get on with my Saturday night. I mean, what a brutal match! I I don't know what to s I really don't know what to say. I hope they somehow both lose, or I hope um, I don't want to wish an injury on anyone. Uh, but I hope the winner of this match um, eats some really rotten eggs the next morning and, and withdraw before their next match. Uh, I mean, truly, I think that's best case scenario and honestly the least um, aggressive or harmful sort of injury or sickness, I guess. Um, you know, just, just some food poisoning. I mean, nothing crazy. Just something to keep you in bed or knock you out for like two to three days. Maybe four. You withdraw. It's perfect. I think that's good. Um, and there's no lucky losers after the second round. So it's it's perfect. Truly, it's it's it's, it's perfect. Let's uh, contact chefs in Madrid. You know, slide, slide some some hundred dollar bills their way tell them slip a little sum sum in, in uh, Daria and, and Maria's breakfast fuck man that's that's really this is such a bad match I mean it's it's so bad and if you watch it then you either hate yourself or there's something wrong with you if you tune into this match uh, tomorrow if you bet it you're you're 100% a degenerate and, and, and good for you honestly because it takes a lot of balls and heart and commitment to bet on these sort of matches and players and whatever outcome uh, you predict. I mean, that really, you have some cojones. You have some balls betting this, for sure. G gun to my head? I'd probably take the bullet uh, straight straight to my temple and pass. But if, if, I, if I couldn't, then I would... Uh, fuck, man. I would better. Oh, I can't. I can't say. It. I. I really. I really can't. This is. It's brutal. This is so disgusting. I mean, truly. I would rather take a bullet to the head than bet this match. If you. If you told me. Um. If you told me safe. If you don't take this money, go to the window, place a bet on this match, and sit down and watch this match in its entirety, I will shoot you in the head. You know what I do? I take the gun from you and, and shoot myself in the face first before you could even react or say anything. Truly. <laughs> oh my god. Really? I I I I No, truly. Like I I feel like I'm going to be sick if if I, if I if I say something or give a pick on this match. So I'm 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 sorry, Ada, but I really have to pass. So we we can just move on to the next one. Now, this next one is not that much better at all. Um 
but I can at least talk about it a little bit. It's not as disgusting, but it, it's definitely I'm definitely watching zero points total of this match and 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 99.5% going to pass on betting this match. Um, usually some people like, oh, I, I, I can't watch that match. Ah, oh, no way, no way am I going to watch it. But they still place a bet and like follow score or whatever. And and I guess I could do that, but really I, I, I can't. I I mean, the this, I mean, generally speaking, I can. Obviously I've done that before for like Kaya Kanepi matches where it's, you know, a bit difficult to sit there and watch. Um... Uns Jabor, for example, but this one really I can't bet nor watch. Because if I lose, I'll want to stab myself in the neck, uh, uh, honestly. So it, it's better, like, I'll have more regret. Here's the thing I'll, I'll have more regret if I bet the match and lose than, than if I not bet the match and whatever I was going to bet wins. Uh, which is usually like a like a shitty situation, like oh, and you're just filled with so much regret, like oh, I should have bet that it would it won, I would have won money, da 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 da. No, I w I would rather the first one where I don't bet. Oh, I w sorry, I would rather this option, cause cause if I bet and it loses, I'll I'll I'll, that would be the end of my life, cause I'm probably out the window or there's a knife in my neck. But Naomi Osaka and Sara Suriba's Tormo, yuck. I mean, truly, for a and, and look, this this tells you everything you need to know about tournament org organizers. So the people in Madrid thinks thinks that these are the two best matches on the slate. Therefore, they get the night session on Manolo Santana's uh, court or stadium, whatever it's called. Like truly, this is the perception. Like a Naomi Osaka Sara Suribes Tormo match is perceived to be a top top match and has to be showcased at the night session where the most people can attend and in the biggest nicest stadium under the lights. Same with Daria Kasatkina and Maria Sakari. Can you seriously believe it? And and this is this is a conversation that we'll have to save for another time where we we aren't busy talking uh, uh, tennis. Maybe there's a few days off before Rome. If we get a day, we'll talk about it. But why are like the most disgusting tennis players the most popular? Like Svoitek, Zachary, Kasatkina. How does Kasatkina have so many fans? Do you guys notice that? Like, how's Osaka so popular, truly? How do you... I mean, I get, like, she's successful. Like, extremely successful in tennis. Um, but how, though? How, how like, Kasatkina, Iga Shvoitek... Iga Shvoitek, even before her, her little... Uh, fucking finals or title sweep this year, she was so popular. How? Honestly, my theory is... And, and, and I know a lot of people, like aren't gonna like hearing this but I think people like are jet like like most people um, are generally like so like insecure about themselves or they have insecurities or they're depressed and and they they are attracted to to people who think are similar to them you know what I mean so someone who's very insecure and, and depressed and down on life uh, it's hard to see them liking or, or, or being a fan of someone like Muguruza, or Sabalenka, or Ostapenko, or Yastremska. Someone like that, who they, sh they show 
confidence and and just uh, being bold and being um, uh, fierce. You know what I mean? I I I think they prefer someone who's um, more insecure, le more. Uh, I don't know how to explain it. Does does that make sense? And I I feel like truly a lot of Nadal's fans fans hate themselves. Not not obviously because they're a Nadal fan they hate themselves. I'm saying like. Since they hate themselves, somehow, some way in life, they made the decision to like Nadal. Or even if it wasn't a conscious decision, they somehow watched Nadal, followed Nadal, and eventually became a fan of him. And I think it's true, like, most of these people probably hate themselves, or, or there's something in their lives that really upsets them. I really think it's true, and it's some. this is some very, like, deep psychology shit that I don't I don't even know what it is or how to even explain it or put into words but I, I really believe that there might be some truth behind this and you will think that I'm full of shit and you will think that I'm tongue out of my ass or that I'm trolling or trying to be funny but really I'm not I'm being 100% serious and genuine at, at the moment okay whew, that got uh kind of dark for a second but anyway um so that is all for uh, today's recap and tomorrow's preview to sort of look ahead to Monday. Um, some third round matches that we already have set um, and we have some lines for. Uh, Ekaterina Alexandrova opened um, minus 140 against Bushkova already. She's down to minus uh, 160, minus two and a half games against Marie Bushkova on Monday. I think that is a fantastic bet to make. Uh, Honestly, Alexandrova, anything minus 150 or better, I would bet that right away. Uh, minus 160, eh? Uh, but minus 2.5, even I would play. I love that a lot, a lot, a lot. Uh, Bencic um, beat Unz Jabour in Charleston. Plays her again here in Madrid in the third round. Belinda Bencic is minus 130. I'm not going to say anything else. Belinda Bencic is minus 130. I'm not going to say anything else. Uh, this is a really, really interesting one, and there's a lot of respect being shown to Vika here, who quietly made it to the third round and faces Amanda Anisimova. Amanda Anisimova is minus 125, so um, I think they're, uh, uh, the market is unimpressed by how she played against Petra Martic, and uh, maybe impressed in a way. Vika, Vika, bigger name, experienced player, uh, a lot of pedigree, um, so... That is an interesting one. I cannot say for sure at the moment. But we'll certainly have a think about this one. Both of these players' last two matches went over uh, 21 and a half. So, um, last two matches. I guess both of the... Both players' first and second round matches so far this tournament have have gone over 21 and a half. Uh, Anisimova, both her matches went uh, to three sets. Uh, Azarenka's match today against Zidancic went to three sets. Her first round match against uh, Vicky Gulovic uh, was a straight sets win for Vika, but it did go over the number. Uh, so far, I think that's a really good bet. I'm, I'm sure that line's got, not going to move. It's already over 21 and a half. Um, if the odds change, it'll be ever so slightly, so you can hold out on that. Um, but Bencic... 
uh, Alexandrova, I'm not gonna say anything. So yeah, that's a wrap. Thank you for listening. As always, best of luck to us, and I'll see you tomorrow.